This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 204, Shin Godzilla Road Trip Review. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Welcome back to Strangers and Aliens, the podcast about science fiction, faith, fantasy, and imagination. I'm one of your hosts, Evan David. Just Evan David. And I'm here in the passenger seat of the car because we're on another road trip to go see a new movie, Shin Godzilla. I am not alone either. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Ben. Ben Avery. That's right, and we're also joined by two other people for our road trip this time. We've got Tim Avery, Ben's son. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. I knew it. <laughs> well, well done. And we've got my friend and uh, cohort in many of the other things I do in my life besides podcasting, Brendan Miller. Say hi. Konnichiwa. Whoa, whoa. Okay. All right, Ben, so... We're gonna go see this. We're gonna go see this uh, Godzilla movie. It should be pretty cool. Directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Matthew Broderick. I'm pretty excited. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Have you seen that movie? Is what I'm wondering. With Matthew Broderick, and yeah, of course. So here's what I'm thinking. It's Japanese produced, Toho created. So we're back. We're back across the ocean, back across the Pacific, and it is. You know what? I don't even know what to think. I watched the trailer, and I'm thinking to myself, this is looking more serious, but also looking more big budget and slick. And I don't I don't know what to expect from this, but I just think we're going to get something different than what we've had recently. Yeah, and I, I agree, because I... I uh, okay, well, before we, before we talk about that, what... Let's talk about the experience with Godzilla that we each have here, because I believe we've all seen the new American-made Godzilla 2014, right? Brennan's nodding. Tim, you seen it? I don't know. You've not? No, you've not. Okay. So let's start in the back seat, and let's see what their experience is with the different Godzilla movies that they have seen. Uh, Tim has seen all of the Gamera movies in Mystery Science Theater 3000 form, but uh, he's seen a couple Godzilla movies and then I don't know what Brennan's seen, and then we can talk about what we've our experiences too in the past with Godzilla, and then we'll talk about what we're ex- expecting here in this movie. Cool, sweeto burrito. Okay, Tim, here's the mic. Tell us uh, your experience with Godzilla, the character, the movies, whatever. I've seen like uh, three or four movies, and I can't remember what their names were because it was a while ago. And I played the PlayStation 2 video game. And the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. (laughs) You've seen every single episode of that. I don't remember those at all, but I remember seeing them. It was about seven years ago. (laughs) All right. I feel like the resident ignoramus when it comes to Godzilla because my one experience is the, what was it, 2014? The 2014 movie. Other than that, I saw a poster of Godzilla at an antique mall one time. That that stands out in my mind. That's it. Nice. Okay, yeah, and he saw that at my bachelor party. Hey, yeah. we know how to have a good time. My bachelor party was Super Mario Kart. Played on a big uh, projection wall in the youth room of my friend's church. 
Nice. We did some Halo 3 also after the Godzilla. So. All right. Uh, so my experience with Godzilla, I've... For, okay, I my first experience with him was probably the Godzilla Godzuki cartoon show on uh, on TV. Watched it as a little kid, and uh, then it was the Roland Emmerich uh, Matthew Broderick film, which I really got into. I was super pumped for it when it came out because I was like eight, and it was super awesome, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and. Uh, then, for for whatever reason, in my young adolescent years, I got into the the older movies, the cheesy ones. So I've seen Godzilla versus Mothra, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, and uh, Godzilla two thousand. Which I thought when it, that came out, we thought me and my friends, we thought it was the sequel to the Matthew Broderick uh, <laughs> movie, and we're watching it. We're like, wait, wait. Why aren't their mouths matching up with what they're saying? Is, the, is there something wrong with TV? Where's Matthew Broderick? <laughs> so, so why does Godzilla look so different? Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's my uh, and then of course the new the new movie which I really enjoyed. Uh, I've also played the video game. I played it on the GameCube though, and that was that was really fun. So <laughs> there is a bearded man on a bicycle. We saw him on the way to get Brennan. And he's holding like a a fifty gallon garbage bag that we don't know what is in it, but he's balancing it on his bicycle. I don't know what could be in there, but it looks like it's lightweight, just really awkward. It was like it could be pop cans. It's it was like as big as him almost, and he was struggling with it earlier, but he seems to have balanced it now. So good job, bearded man. All right, Ben. Yeah. So my Godzilla experience goes way back to elementary school when there was this cool book set that my library had that was just all monsters of film. There was a King Kong one. There was a Dracula one. There was a Wolfman one. There was a Frankenstein one. There was a Godzilla one. And so I had seen pictures in this book of Godzilla movies before I saw any Godzilla movie. And then my first experience with the Godzilla movie was Sunday afternoon watching King Kong versus Godzilla with my dad back in his room on our little black and white TV and just having a hoot watching it because it was just so goofy and weird. And then from there, uh, I, as a youth, at a youth overnighter, we watched the original Godzilla and made fun of it the whole time. Fast forward into college and I actually started watching them and liking them and just appreciating them for what they are. And, and I've talked about it on the podcast, my appreciation for the different kinds of Godzilla movies that you can get super cheesy to the super serious metaphorical to the action movie that kind of thing but all of it especially the toho ones not necessarily so much in the american versions but there's an artistry to them where you know they're creating and crafting whole landscapes of model cities and model tanks and and then the the suits and stuff and so now i own way too many godzilla movies i've seen all of them uh, if there's one that I haven't seen, it's possible. But uh, And honestly, enjoy almost all of them that first time I watch them, but there are some that I won't watch again because they might be painful a second time. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, of the people in the van right now, I'm st- compared to most kaiju fans, I'm probably not as, you know, super fan as, as they could be because I couldn't, like, the movies you've seen, they're from, like, the second wave of Godzilla movies. I don't remember what era they call that. You know, there's a show, shoujo era. I, I don't know those, those eras and everything like that. There's the Millennium series, which is the most recent wave before they got to Final Wars. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know the phrasing. I don't know the, the fan terms and stuff like that. But um, I do know some of the history, and I do appreciate, like I said, the artistry. Should I turn here or should I go straight, Brendan? Uh, I would probably turn. It's a car with horns right behind us. Like, it's Boss Hog's sedan. <laughs> like, he, he lost his money and kept the horns. So, anyway, yeah, so I really like Godzilla movies, and that's why I'm really curious what we're going to get here. I do like the Matthew Broderick movie for what it is. Uh, I, I appreciate it for being, you know, the... Uh, you know the the just you know the world destruction American disaster movie that 
you know, the Armageddon, that kind of thing. Um, and I liked the last one. I liked the 2014 one as well. That was a lot of fun for me. Uh, but this one, I feel like they're going back toward their roots and not trying to Pacific Rim the thing or trying to, um, you know, hide the monster in this. Uh, you know, he's in the trailer and you see him clearly in the trailer. And so I hope that we're in for a good, good time of just uh, a good story with people you like and there's monsters doing awesome things. So that's what I'm hoping for in this one. Guys, I don't know. Do you have any expectations at all, Brennan? I guess I'm hoping for some action. I saw the uh, saw the trailer, so yeah, hoping for some good action. Hope I don't have to like spend too much time reading the subtitles. You know, get to get get to watch the thing. You know, but uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Just I don't have a lot of expectations because I don't know a lot of background. But yeah, hoping for some good monster shots and buildings breaking and stuff. So Tim, this is Tim. This is your first movie with subtitles. So what are you thinking about that? I don't know. I mean, it's not my first movie with subtitles, but it's my first one without um, English words. Because we do subtitles all the time at home, you know, because, you know, mom's sleeping or something. But uh, and so in, in Star Wars, they do use the subtitles a lot with the yeah. alien languages and yeah, stuff. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to expect or anything, but... I mean, it's Godzilla, so. I'm hoping for a uh, a good. I, I feel like it's it's Japan's shot at the Godzilla reboot. Like, yes. like the U.S. We just had our Godzilla reboot. I love that movie. I it's great, and this is Japan's shot. They're the originators, and it looks like they've they've upped the. Uh, the graphical, whatever you want to call it, the visual effects and everything. I, I, it's not a man in a suit movie, but they've designed it to look like Godzilla is a man in a suit because that's the, because that's the original how they did it, right? So now that you know, because we envisioned Godzilla, we put him in that upright thing in the you know his upright stature in the new movie that we did, but it still didn't look like a man in a suit. It looked like a, a big giant lizard. Speaking of the man on the suit, I feel like you should you should talk about your experience this weekend a little bit. That's right. So, yeah. so okay. Yeah, we have something that goes along with that. Go ahead. Okay, so last weekend uh, was a Quest Father-Son retreat at Life Action Camp. Brennan and I work these every year. This is our second weekend. There's one more next weekend. And this year's theme is uh, Creation Park, and it's a, it's a big, giant homage to Jurassic Park, except for pointing people to God using like the, the Job passage where he talks about, you know, behemoth and Leviathan and how, look at how awesome those things are. And now look at how awesome I am for making those. That's God talking. And so, um, not you really, Evan, not not me. It's, it's God. Okay. Read the Bible. Um, a good self image that anyway, we we play this game with the fathers and sons. It's called Smuggler. It's like capture the flag on steroids. And what what we are doing is we bought a Godzilla inflatable costume, man in the suit sort of thing, and we we dress somebody up like that and set them loose in the pitch blackness when we play this game, and just go around and scare people to tie it in with the the dinosaur theme. So this week, the, our usual guy who does it it wasn't there, so. I was like, you know what? I want to I want to wear the suit and do this thing. So I put on that Godzilla suit, man. And I'm walking to the edge of the woods and I'm about to pop out and scare some people and I'm already like breathing hard just walking to the edge of the woods in this suit. And then I jump out and I do my raptor scream and I'm running around and chasing people and stuff. I almost died. I literally almost one I Brennan, Brennan, go ahead and tell the story. I mean that that was the story. He looked like a really out of shape dinosaur. That's about the extent of it. I need I need to work out. Okay, so that day, that Saturday, uh, your wife came over to our house to drop off the Wii that you're letting us borrow, and which well, we didn't bring it with us. Sorry, but um, she's talking about how you were just feeling really old in this suit, you know, and 
I didn't real. I knew you were doing the suit thing, but I didn't realize it was an inflatable suit. And she mentioned the inflatable suit. I was like, "That's weird. I wonder what that looks like." We then left. She she left, and we left right away. It was just me and my wife and my son, and we went and got something to eat together. And then we went to the park. When we were leaving the park, no lie, I look over, and there, between some of the cars in the parking lot, was someone in an inflatable Godzilla suit. <laughs> And so we stood there and watched for a little bit, and this guy in the inflatable Godzilla suit runs across the parking lot into the park, starts climbing on the equipment, starts growling at kids, and the kids are, like, chasing him around. He's climbing up the, the, the net pyramid thing that they have set up there. And I'm like, Pam, I think that's the suit. She, she said it was an inflatable suit. I bet that's what it is. I, and we were trying to figure out... Why would Evan be here though? He's up in Michigan, but yeah, it was just the weirdest timing of of anything. It was it was crazy. It was weird. Yeah, man. I so okay. I'm most of the kids are running you know, away from the dinosaur because it's night and it looks really scary. We the other guy who wore it was. I mean, we, we were kind of uncomfortable around him in in broad daylight yeah. in in a lit room, man. Like he's just walking towards you. It's creepy. Um, but this one kid tackles me and just like gets me in a headlock, gets my arm in a in a headlock and won't let me go. So Brendan has to come up. He's dressed like a dinosaur wrangler from Jurassic Park, and he's got like a fake plastic gun. And he's like beating the kid off with the butt of this plastic gun. <laughs> didn't have real bullets. That's the only reason I used the butt of the gun because it didn't have real bullets. <laughs> you would have used the. You would have used the barrel of the gun if it had real bullets. What are you saying? This kid's a staff kid. He's a little too comfortable around all this, and he's like, he's pushing the boundaries a little. So, okay, I would not have shot the kid. I would not have shot the kid. I just want to clarify. <laughs> Thank you for for verifying. All right. And so immediately after that, I just run into the woods, and I'm just like hyperventilating in this suit. And Brennan comes over to check on me. And I'm like, Brennan, just unzip this thing. <laughs> I need to get out right now. So as. I could feel the heat like come out of the suit as soon as I unzipped the back of it. That thing was pretty pretty steamy. Because it's like designed not to breathe, right? Because it's got a whole other air. Anyway, um, as much as it was a childhood fulfillment and another thing off my geek bucket list uh, to dress up like Godzilla, uh, I'm only going to do that again if I'm walking slowly around and like knocking over models, you know? So, which we should do. We should do that. Yeah. We should. You know they they're not going to use this suit anytime soon. They will let me borrow it if I ask. And so watch we our should... YouTube channel for the next appearance of Evan in the suit and his near death experience. That's right. Okay. Anything else we want to cover before we're almost to the theater? We got about five more minutes here. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. Um, this is only the second Japanese Godzilla movie I've seen in theaters. I did see Godzilla 2000 in theaters when it was did a limited run. Uh, I happened to live in Los Angeles that when it came out, and I went with a, a group of friends, and we were so excited because it was a man in suit movie. So I've seen this will be my fourth Godzilla movie in theaters, but only my second Japanese Godzilla movie in theaters, and so I'm excited about that. And we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. I think the the standard they have to beat is Godzilla two, 2014. Now, Godzilla 2014 is not the standard for all Godzilla movies. That's that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that they, Toho, has to do better than Legendary. On And when I say has to, it's because it's theirs. You know, and there is nothing that feels worse than someone who takes one of your characters and writes it better than you do. And I can say this with experience where I have worked on a project and then someone else took the characters that I had created for that project and they did part of it and they did better. And it's a terrible feeling. And so I, I guess it's not a competition, but I am rooting for this movie to be more enjoyable than Godzilla 2014, which I did like. I, I just want to reiterate, this might make people say that they hate me, but um, I did like that and I like the Matthew Broderick movie. But the Matthew Broderick movie is a different genre completely. It's a giant monster disaster movie rather than just a kaiju movie. So, And the other thing is just two days ago we watched the original Godzilla, the American version of it, but it was the, the original one. And yeah, so Tim, he's seen three Godzilla movies that I can remember. And he, so he's seen a nice broad spectrum. He's seen the original, which is super serious. He's seen King Kong versus Godzilla, which is cheesy, but not necessarily intentionally cheesy, but it's super cheesy. 
and then he's seen Godzilla Final Wars, which is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with kaiju from the Godzilla movies. I mean, they, but it's also throwing a little bit of the Matrix and throwing a little bit of just everything that was popular at the time. Uh, Star Wars prequel trilogy stuff that's in that's in their final wars yeah i mean and so he's seen a good spectrum and so i'm hoping this is a nice middle of the road kind of thing where it's fun but serious but not taking itself too seriously but still trying to that's the other thing i'm hoping it tries to say something uh that's what i look for in a godzilla movie so because the original godzilla was about uh the atomic war yeah well the original godzilla i mean it's not just the atomic war it's it's about um Obviously, Nagasaki and Hiroshima and us dropping a nuclear bomb on them, but then also some of the nuclear testing that we were doing afterward that did affect them. There was a boat in Japan just a few years before uh, they made Godzilla where it was um, – there was a, a one of our tests and this boat got too close to it and the radiation uh, got to them and – and it was just a, a nasty, nasty affair. And so there's a number of things in that original Godzilla movie that if you were living in Japan at that time watching it, uh, you would see things that you have seen before. Uh, and it's not made to be like, here's this great adventure movie. It was this, you know, statement movie in some ways. And, you know, then it evolved. The Godzilla franchise evolved into an adventure thing you know a kid-friendly thing and um so yeah i'm very i'm just curious what tone they're going to try and strike with this from the preview it looks like they're trying for um you know a modern serious but not too serious movie we'll we'll see we'll see and with that we pull into the theater i don't think we've i don't think we've had a road trip review where we come to this theater well we almost did (laughs) this is the one we almost saw batman killing joke in uh, so now we'll finally have our first road trip movie review uh, here. Now, we drove all the way to another city to pick up Brennan because this theater is like two minutes from me and Ben's house, and it wouldn't have been much of a road trip at all <laughs> if we had this just... Is, this is not my preferred theater, although it does have the lounge seats. Yeah. Uh, but I like the other theater better because of the rewards and the pricing. So Yeah, we're not seeing this movie for six fifty. Unfortunately, so all right, we're here and we're gonna go in and see well, my first Japanese Godzilla movie in the theaters, and Tim and Brennan's also. So, uh, we'll be back to uh, tell you what we thought after this. And we're back, just finished the movie, just get in the car. Ben is now shifted into gear. Gentlemen, thoughts. Let's start with the man who has never seen, except but one Godzilla movie, Brennan Miller. Brennan! Wow. Okay, so I guess it's about what I thought. You know, not not the quality or the classic arc of an American-made film, which might also have been because I had to focus so much on the subtitles which i did a great which i did a great job reading until a certain actress showed up and then i got a little distracted but (laughs) what evan what okay so i just thought it was the whole movie i'm just thinking it was hilarious because you said man i hope it's not like a book and there's going to be plenty of action scenes and i won't have to read too many subtitles no the exact opposite so many subtitles and then there were subtitles on top of subtitles, literally, because they'd speak English, and they'd subtitle that in Japanese, but put the English subtitle over the Japanese subtitle. And then, constantly, constantly on the screen, there's a title card for every single location they go to. So they go on the stairs outside the Prime Minister's office. It says, stairs outside Prime Minister's office. And then hallway outside Prime Minister's office. And then Prime Minister's office. And then room outside Prime Minister's office. And then rooftop of Prime Minister Bill. And then, and so those t- subtitles are on the screen in Japanese. 
on the top of the screen, you get the English subtitle of what the Japanese words are on the bottom of the screen, but then the English subtitles of what they're talking about go over the Japanese subtitles that are on the bottom of the screen. And it wasn't just locations, it was like people's titles. Yeah, every single character. And then if a character got promoted politically, which is something that happened a lot, they would put another one up for them. <laughs> And so that subtitle, again, the Japanese subtitles along the bottom with English dialogue subtitles above that. And then on the top of the screen, the character subtitles. And it's just, it got crazy. Yeah. Okay. And so let's see. Tim, first thoughts. First thoughts. I loved it. It was awesome. Okay. We got good review right there. Okay. Ben, where should we go from here? Should we should we streamline it? What should we do? Well, um... Let's see, because I want to hear what you have to say, because you had thoughts. I definitely had thoughts about this movie. You want to start anywhere in particular or just throw out what comes to us? I'll throw out the first thing that I was thinking of. This is the first and only Godzilla movie that I have ever seen that made me feel tense, where I'm actually... Really? Yeah. Like, I'm actually like, <laughs> huh... <laughs> Or I, and feeling it, like, in my stomach, like, what's happening? What's going to happen? And part of it was creature design that was really... Horrible? Bizarre. <laughs> so weird and gross. Yeah. And horrible? It was gross. I mean, it's, it's leaking body fluids out of gills, and yeah. it was weird. I mean, when the, when the creature first came up, I'm like, that... They, they do a good job of... Well, spoilers... By the way, they do a good job of hiding what this creature is going to be. That's my house. But I know. But um, <laughs> but as it's getting revealed, you're like, oh, that's obviously Godzilla. That's a tail. That's its spines. And then you see the creature and you're just like, what the heck is that? It's like this weird thing with glossy eyes that yeah, like don't blink. And it, totally, it's fish eyes. Yeah. And. I mean, and the whole idea is it's just kind of morphing into whatever it needs to evolve into to survive whatever is happening around it. But um, it starts out as this thing. I'm like, so are we actually the first monster we see in this movie is the monster that Godzilla is going to fight? That's what I was thinking. I kept waiting for Godzilla to show up. I'm like, oh, when's he coming? No. But, the- <laughs> but so you think it's Godzilla at first, and then you're like, that. there's no way that's Godzilla. And then it kind of stands up. But when it stood up, this is how I knew it was Godzilla, the music cues. Yeah. The music cues, there are so many. And I listened to the soundtrack. I mean, I've seen the original movie, uh, you know, easily half dozen times. But I've also listened to the soundtrack a lot. It was, used to be on heavy rotation in my writing. And when those music cues started up, I mean, just, oh, it's, that's Godzilla. Because that's Godzilla's march. And, yeah, so it's... <laughs> oh. I I knew officially when they did the uh, the roar... That's when, uh-huh. yeah, the, fi- the final confirmation there. I knew when someone looked at it and said, oh, that's Godzilla. That's how I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a new, I'm new here. Okay, so let, let's break it up into the quadrants, Ben. Yeah, sure. Sure, let's do that. Um, uh, where, where do you want to start, though, with the quadrants? Because we've got plot, we've got character, <laughs> we've got style. Which there's a lot of style, and and we've got um, what's the last quadrant point? Wow, I'm losing it. I I don't know either. It's theme, yeah, theme, theme. Yes. Okay. So let's start with style, and I'm gonna lump in here visual effects because I want to talk about this. Okay. So the original, like, it's it had a very interesting style starting out where it's just popping from social media cameras to security cameras to you know different people's perspective all over and I was and labeling everything then too where you're you're getting all of these different camera shots camera angles but they're labeling everything all the people and stuff and they're doing that from the very beginning yeah and and I thought that I was like well this is punchy it's kind of cool I like it uh, but then it just never stopped no it didn't you never there was eventually you're able to find the character we're supposed to latch on to, uh, the, the main character. But there are so many characters, mm-hmm. so many characters. And part of it 
I, I would lump it into theme why they did that with so many characters. But I mean, people are just they're introducing new characters in the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. And you're right. It doesn't let up. But I think it was meant to feel documentarian. Yeah. I think that I think that's the vibe they were going for. Not hidden, not not found footage. Although there was some elements of found footage in this, but the way they're, you know, putting all the subtitles or all the, the titles, I should say, on the screen, I think they're going for a documentary style, but it's a stylized documentary that has a narrative form and camera angles that would never come out of a documentary film setup. Uh, yep, I would agree with all that. You guys have anything to add? No, I'm enjoying listening. Okay. Um, and let, okay, so let's talk about the, uh, the visual effects and the whole aesthetic, I guess I'll start with here. Ben, you were talking about earlier that you thought Toho needed to measure up and I guess we'll give the final, uh, consensus about that at the end, but visually no way, in my opinion, no way does this Trump or even come close to legendary's Godzilla. No, I, I mean, part of that would be budget. But visually, yeah, you're right. I mean, there, Legendary's Godzilla was more slick, more streamlined, uh, more polished, more iconic. Honestly, like it's like a composite of all the best Godzillas. Uh, I don't know. I look at this one and I see a lot of historical Godzilla in there. I even see, of course, I'm reading it right now for another podcast, but I even see some elements of like the uh, Marvel Godzilla in its mouth and the way its teeth were working and stuff like that. But um, I, I feel like, icon- I feel like it hit the iconic with the, the, the spines and I mean, they change it too. They, they change the way its mouth worked. They, I mean, they changed a lot with it as far as it's evolving. Uh, there was one thing that they changed that I hated and that was the spine laser things. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was kind of dumb. I hated that. I hated that. But the the way they changed the breath stuff that was some that was interesting and it's an interesting visual. That was the coolest thirty seconds of the whole movie, and that was like devastating destruction. With his they they upped the ante with his atomic breath in this movie, which was which was cool. But everything else about Godzilla's character design and how he looked and appeared on screen, I just hated a lot. Especially his eyes. See, I, I didn't. I mean, the eyes bothered me at first, and then it started getting more normal. And then it, it switched back even to the fish eye, uh, where there's no lid and it's just kind of a dead eye as it's moving around. Um, but I, I like the design. Uh, but that's because, I mean, for me, you, you can say iconic or whatever. I've seen so many different designs that I feel like you, you can do a lot of... There, there's a lot of leeway that you can, you can take with the design. And they take it to the limit as far as what they could do to make it a weirdly different design with still keeping the, the body form and the the illusion that there could have been a person in there. Yeah, and I guess as far as the rest of it, uh, I feel like they were using a higher frame rate than is usual in American films, which kind of gives it a, a more home video sort of look. And then also the some of the disaster effects were really cool, like with that atomic breath sequence. As soon as it was got night, I was like, yes, okay, finally it's night. Because visual effects always look better at night if you have a low budget. Yep. And uh, it did. And then, but the rest of it, it's all in the daytime. Um, so, yeah, whatever. And then, yeah, the disaster effects, most of them were good. The sound effects were out of a old arcade game from the 90s. What are you talking but about? They were. Like the, <laughs> what are you talking about? There's, no, I mean, they, the sound design was really, really well done. Brennan, are you with me here? What? I honestly didn't even notice it. I was, I felt like I... You're bothered by the bullets bouncing off of Godzilla's flesh, where it's kind of a metallic clanking sound. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm also talking about when the tanks fire stuff and all the missile sound effects. They are literally like recycled sound effects from Time Crisis 2. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, man. Okay. You guys, you guys watch this and, I, and you feeling, send in feedback. I have a feeling that you are predisposed against this movie. 
I am not. I was. No, no. You you didn't like the design, and it turned you off, and you just weren't brought back in. Then I was coming in there. This kind of reminded me of Dragon Wars. That's right. I said it. I said it. You are crazy. No. This is not the perfect movie, but it is not nearly as bad as you're making it out to be. It's it's nowhere near as bad as Dragon Wars, but it had that kind of vibe. When when Godzilla's on the screen and they're shooting the Konami Time Crisis 2 missiles at him. Yeah. Okay, anyway. You are crazy, man. (laughs) Moving Moving on from the style. Sure, plot. Or do you want to go to, well, we'll say theme for last. Character or plot? Plot. Okay. Um, the story itself, very thin, but it worked. I mean, it's just about we've got this monster, we've got to take care of it. And, and to take care of it, they have the characters who are basically all navigating the political side of things. Yeah, the bureaucracy. It was all about that. I mean, we'll get into some of that with a theme, but... Um, so it's just we have to do this, this, and this, but we have to go through these hoops to do it, and uh, that took too long. And so now what are we going to do? And uh, and it's all just here's the monster. The United States wants to use a nuclear bomb. We don't want to, so it's a race against the clock to see which if if the bomb's going to be dropped before we can figure out a solution. And then they, of course, figure out a solution. Yeah, they do. They figure one out. Does, does anyone else want to say anything about the plot? No, I want to hear what you have to say. That was a really dumb solution. Well, it wasn't a dumb solution. It was a really dumb execution of the solution. <laughs> so they basically sit him down in a dentist chair, and then they, they put that little tube in his mouth that you, they hook right on your cheek, you know, and spray. they don't even show it spraying in. Like, that's the thing that yeah. really bugged me. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to do this, then do it. Yeah. And very convenient that Godzilla was, like, standing on the train tracks so they could load the trains with explosives. Because otherwise, trains would never be a viable solution to handling a giant monster. I have a feeling that this might be a victim of budget. Yeah. Like, yeah. they... Yeah. That where they're like, okay, where we're gonna do this thing where we're gonna inject and we're gonna, you know, try and find the cracks. And ah, oh, man, we're running out of money. Let's just have them put pipes in its mouth. <laughs> yeah. And but honestly, I've seen much worse. I've seen the the solution for Gamera was let's put him in an entirely uh, a rocket that holds his entire body and launch him into space. That's <laughs> like. Like they, we just happen to have a rocket that can fit this thirty-story tall turtle, and the the solution in the original Godzilla is the oxygen destroyer, where they just drop the oxygen destroyer in the water and it just takes care of him. And I, I mean, thought that was stupid. <laughs> I thought that was stupid because they they thought that by destroying oxygen, it then destroys all life like immediately. So now all that's left is a skeleton. It's not the way it works at all. <laughs> well, right, that's... so getting rid of oxygen destroys organs and stuff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, this, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> so you have seen this in real life, then, Tim, and you can, you can vouch for this, that an oxygen destroyer wouldn't work. Is that what you're saying? It wouldn't work the way it worked in the movie. I'm pretty sure his mom's just a good science teacher, so. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm just saying, oxygen destroyer, worse solution. I mean, because the idea here is they're going to put a a chemical in his blood, and it would coagulate his blood and cause his blood to slow down. So, he which causes him to turn to stone, freezes. It freezes his flesh. It's a nuclear fission reaction. And so, I can I can go with that. Also, that you know, he's saved for the sequel now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he, he'll. His slowly, the nuclear fission inside his body restart. He'll slowly warm up. And as soon as he starts moving, there is that threat now that once he starts moving, the U.S. will drop a bomb. In 3,000 seconds. Yeah. they that Once it starts moving, that's how much time they have because they're going to just launch it immediately. Speaking of sequels, Brendan, you coming with us to the sequel? Yeah. yeah when is that? Sign me up. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's plot. Let's do characters. 
Um, so many characters. Brennan, why don't you tell us more about that one girl? Oh, yeah. Uh, big brown eyes. That's all I got to say. That's, that's it. Yeah, I thought it was funny that the the one, like, obviously they make her up to be a very attractive woman in the in the movie was from America. Yeah, but that was just, I mean, it could have been anyone else. Yeah. And she's American, but she has a super, super heavy Japanese accent. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the point where I'm glad that they had... I mean, they put English subtitles for English dialogue, not just for the the Japanese actors who are speaking English as a second language, it sounds like, but for the uh, American actors, too. I mean, there's subtitles for every single person who was on the screen. So, um, but she, it was a very heavy accent. And, you know, clearly she was a Japanese actress who was playing an American. They had other American actors and actresses who were playing American as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, part of that was just to give her a higher level of authority coming in. Yeah. Which, in in the administrative side of things, there was only one female in that the, the Japanese government, the, the higher level of the government there. And there was that scientist girl. Who's no, a, I'm talking about the older lady. Oh, yes. Who was at the table. There was a scientist girl that was brought up from these low-level, like she works at a... I don't know if she was at a university or what she was at, but yeah. And and she was a major part of the solution and I like the the team. Kind of weird. She yeah. like didn't express any kind of emotion at all. But that was the whole point of that whole group was that they're all just kind of quirky and odd. They're they, they called them They definitely were. They definitely were. They called them rebels, outcasts and I can't remember what else they called nerds them. Yeah, and yeah. other stuff, yeah. Um, and they're the ones who came up with the solution yeah. outside of the the regular um, the, the regular bureaucracy of things. These were the people who actually came up with the solution and fought for it and worked hard and, and worked hard together as a team. It was inspiring, as one of the characters said. Yeah, because yeah. they brought hot breakfasts for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite character, go. Uh, that main character guy, I, I liked him. Yeah, and when I, it was a hard to figure out which one of these people. But from the beginning, he was the one who's kind of, he's there, but he's also kind of a rebel. You know, as far as he's the one who'll speak out when he shouldn't and stuff like that. And I, I think you know, once I latched onto him and realized, okay, this is the guy we're following. Even though they're they're introducing all these new people, all these new people, and killed off half the cast halfway in the in the thing and and then brought back people to replace them like new people to replace them um but it, that that would be my favorite character and, and really he was not the only one with a character arc but the character arcs that they had were very very from my limited understanding a very japanese character arc yeah. um as far as you know figuring out how do i navigate all the weirdness of stuff I hate, you know, and, and that uh, with the bureaucracy and with the tradition and with, you know, the idea that in America, and this is one of the things that they brought up directly, this woman that you're talking about who was young and beautiful, but American, um, she was where she, she got to where she had gotten to because of nepotism and talent and not because of just her age and, you know, age and your elders, that's something you respect very much, for, again, from my limited knowledge of Japanese culture. But um, you really respect your elders. And uh, there are times when elders will be put into a position of authority when they maybe don't deserve it simply because they deserve it because they're, they're just older. And, and so I'm glad I had some of that limited background knowledge because I felt like I understood some of the subtext of what was going on. Not, I doubt I understood nearly all of it, but I thought I understood some of it. So, and that kind of gets into theme too. Yeah. My favorite character I think was the one guy who was freaking out when he found that thing on the internet <laughs> and it's just like running all over the place and then apologizes to that one girl. And he's like, I'm sorry, you're right. I was totally wrong. <laughs> Brennan, favorite character. 
I didn't get to see any of the characters because I was reading subtitles, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Sorry about that. I just hit the microphone on the ceiling of Ben's car, and uh, I don't think I left a mark. No, I think we're okay. Tim, favorite character? My favorite character was the old guy who kept saying he'd do press conferences. Yes. <laughs> so many press conferences. <laughs> like, there's, uh, there's a kaiju story that I outlined once that I never got to do anything with, but one of the elements of that was is people making a kaiju movie. And in the it starts out in a press conference about the, where the people who are making the movie are holding a press conference, and they said, in our movie, there will be no press conferences because that's just something you have all over the place in Godzilla movies too. It's exposition time. Right. Well, man, press conference after press conference. And this is a movie where two hours long, there is a lot of talking, a lot yes. of, yep. it's a lot of talking heads. It's a lot of, we got to figure out this problem. How do we figure out this problem? And it fits for me, it fits because of some of the theme stuff that they're building in with the bureaucracy of everything. Let's go to theme. And that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's all about this bureaucracy where they're trying to figure out how do we do this, but we have to go through all these different channels to make even a small decision. And this is this is one of those movies where they spell things out for you. Um, there's the scientist character who leaves the message, do as you want. You know, do, do as you want. And that kind of becomes the theme for some of these people to say, you know what, the bureaucracy says we have a solution. The UN is going to use a thermonuclear bomb, but we're going to do as we want. We're going to go ahead and we're going to keep working on the solution that we know will be a better solution for our people. And there's some other ideas too with youth and the value of youth. And you have all these younger people who are the ones who are getting, coming up with the solution. And as I'm watching, I mean, I am thinking like, you know, this is a, this is a movie that's about, Hey, you know, these young people have value in their opinion and their, in their talent and in their abilities. And, um, and it made me think of, in some ways, you know, uh, how we approach um, just youth in America and, and especially youth in the American church where you know, are we letting them spread their wings? Are we letting them become the leaders? Are we letting them lead as youth? And or are we just causing um, the people who are older are just the ones who are in charge because they're older and they've been doing it longer and they're doing it now and. Um, it's, it, it, that's something I've been thinking about in regular life anyway, because of my job as a children's pastor and, you know, being one of the people who trains these, these young people in, in, in their spiritual discipleship. So anyway, so that, that was some of the theme stuff that I was picking up on. And then there was also, um, just, you know what, <laughs> Godzilla is just, He's bad, man. <laughs> he's bad, and you can't stop him because he's nature. And they were actually they're they're glad, you know. Well, if it was a tsunami, we couldn't attack it, but we could kill Godzilla because <laughs> he's a creature. Uh, also, some themes going back to the uh, the constant theme in in these Godzilla movies, which is about the the dropping of the atomic bombs on on Japan, and uh, but not just that. This also took me back to the um, the nuclear uh, the the uh, nuclear generator um, accident that they had recently, um, where it was similar. I, I think they were trying to, in some ways, maybe even again. I don't know a lot about what was going on behind the scenes, but maybe satirize some of the you know slow responses to to that, and also the fact that it wasn't a nuclear bomb that created this. But it was nuclear waste. Yeah. Yep. Um, Boy, do they talk about nuclear bombs a lot. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, I was watching. Uh, I was watching Timeless, the new show mm -hmm. today, and they had an episode about John Wilkes Booth and Abraham Lincoln, and like you watch that here in the United States, and man, we we resonate with that. It's a big thing for us. And you know, if that one incident had changed, oh, it would just change the whole course of our country. Well. So that's that's the nuclear bombs with Japan. Well, there was a, a scene that, I mean, even without being a Japanese citizen living in Japan, you, it resonates because you see these older men talking about, well, we've just made this decision to go along with what they're going to do. And there's one man who he's, you know, 60, 70 years old. He's, he's on the verge of tears because of what they have 
what what could possibly happen and what's going to happen and and I mean everyone is very very emotionally upset which we would be too if we were going to use a nuclear bomb on our own soil to destroy something knowing it would hurt people that are in the area but we haven't experienced that and and they their country as um that's just a part of their cultural awareness is that they knew someone or know someone who or are someone who who witnessed that and went through it i just thought of one other thing i wanted to say and i can't remember what it was oh well anybody else got anything they want to add i thought i thought the uh like relationship with the u.s and japan was interesting theme throughout like you just couldn't tell if the u.s was going to be the hero or the villain and they kept flip-flopping and i don't know there were a lot of little little areas where that came up i thought that was kind of cool yeah i thought that came across as pretty realistic the the relationship between the two countries one thing i noticed at the end that just a marked difference between a u.s film and a japanese film when they finally stopped godzilla nobody cheered yeah, no, nobody cheered. No, I thought he was going to just come back to life because I was like, oh, the movie's not over. Nobody's yeah. happy. It's just, nope. Silence. They sigh in relief. Yeah. They sit back and they breathe. And yeah, it was, it definitely struck a different tone yeah. than, than, say, the Avengers. Yeah. I mean, or like, I'm expecting an ending like Independence Day, you know, where everybody's like, yeah. And they're like jumping on each other, making out and stuff. Nope. Size of relief. <laughs> it's okay. It's just different. <laughs> so, are you going to purchase this one then? On DVD? Never, Ben. <laughs> I'm never going to watch this again. Yeah, okay. right. you'll, pull, you'll pull it out at movie night sometime and be like, hey guys, let's sit through this. <laughs> let's sit through this. Come on. Every movie I've shown you has been genuinely entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. But we watched Speed Racer that one time, so... Bro, okay. That's a three-hour movie, man. That's a three-hour movie. A three-hour, incredibly entertaining film. <laughs> anyway, all right, last thoughts. Anybody else want to say anything? Are we are we done here? I have one question. What was up with the tail? Oh, at the end? Yeah. Inter- oh, yeah. Interesting. That was its reproduction cycle. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird looking. Did those things look humanoid to anybody else? Yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah. They like, looked humanoid and they were like, small and they but they had spines and it was yeah, yeah. Weird. It, it was weird. What that was a cool shot though because they're panning up the tail and you don't realize what you're looking at for a couple uh-huh. of seconds. Uh-huh. That, it was cuz it's going up and then you realize there's like people coming out of the tail. Yeah. And at first I wondered, are these like victims that are fused to the tail or yeah, something? Yeah. And then you realize, no, those are creatures. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. And that's the final shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've definitely set up a sequel. They're, they're, that stuff, that Godzilla was not destroyed, didn't blow up. Uh-huh. And there's things on the tail that <laughs> are going to be small Godzillas that run around. Because they mentioned that has asexual reproduction, and that it would be smaller things. Yeah. So, Tim, uh, if you had to sit down and watch a movie, would you watch this one or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Definitely this one. That's where you and I part ways, I guess. Our our big question, (laughs) our big question, and then we have to get into, talk a little bit about what Brennan brought with him. Um, We talked about, does this one live up to the Godzilla 2014 and we said are already with effects but overall the movie as a whole um did Toho toe the line Ben your thoughts I feel like they didn't surpass Legendary's version of Godzilla I feel like they did a really admirable effort with what they what they did something new something fresh Something we haven't seen before in a Godzilla movie, but then at the same time, reflecting back. I mean, it felt modern, but at the same time, felt like it was definitely drawing on the strings from the originals 
and and the original tone it, it you know there were more jokes in this than in the original movie but they're i feel like they're definitely hearkening back but at the same time trying to look forward brennan can you repeat the question how do you like it compared to the 2014 Godzilla oh, movie? Okay, so I definitely like the 2014 a lot more, just because I could just watch it like a movie. That's about it. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Right. right. I don't think we need to ask you, Evan, but you can go ahead and answer. I mean, we know what you're gonna say. No way. Okay. The I mean, there's there was one good scene in this for me. That was the atomic breath part. But yeah, that's it. And I mean, I mean, as a Godzilla movie, those other scenes, they might have worked like they were interesting, you know, but it's people sitting around doing bureaucracy. And uh, and then there's the dentist chair part. So, no, 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 no. The part where Godzilla in the 2014 one. He didn't like when they were dropping buildings on him. No, because it looked like Time Crisis 2. They they dropped buildings on him in the 2014 one, and it was way, way cooler. And, I mean, just the part where Godzilla in the 2014 one, he steps down, the camera pans up, then he does the big scream in Hawaii. That was really good. I mean, that just trumps this whole movie by itself. By itself, that one scene. Sorry. <sighs> You've got problems, Evan. <laughs> You've got problems. And hey, I enjoy Godzilla movies. I watched the part where Space Godzilla kidnapped Godzilla's baby son. That's weird. Who cares? That's, so, that's, that's, what does that say? That was better than this movie. <laughs> oh, man. You got some problems. But... I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So let's throw this to Brennan because, Brennan, you brought something for us. And you we've talked about you, Brennan, on, on the show um, because – you're the you're the one who's doing some sponsorship with us, yeah. uh, with with your company that does the printing on wood, mm-hmm. and it's and you've brought something that's going to be going in with Evan, but it's not going with Evan to go on his wall. We're going to be eventually giving this away, but it's a pretty cool thing that you made here. All right, Brennan, tell us about it. Yeah, so it's a wood print. I got two planks here. It's a rustic piece, and we've printed an image of. Uh, John Carter scene. Um, it's kind of a more vintage. Evan, was it a poster or something you found? I think it was. A, I think it was a book cover. Maybe it's the book cover from the original Princess of Mars. Okay, yeah. So we got a little typography on it. Says Princess of Mars. And are you guys going to have like a visual of it where people can see it? We'll probably post it on the Facebook page when we get closer to the contest. Okay, I'm cool. Sure. I'm not sure how soon. All right, so it'll be on the Facebook page. Something viewers or listeners can see it there. And uh, yeah, we can do any any custom prints so if you had some specific artwork you want to have done you can contact us at uh thewoodprintshop.com and get some stuff there but yeah this one is specifically going in a giveaway so keep your eyes out for it thanks Bryn, and thank you for your sponsorship of the show oh you're so welcome he said you're welcome i don't know if you could hear that it'd be very quiet but it's heard so all right guys um I think we're just going to throw it out to final word and then we're going to head home and you're going to take Brennan home and I'm going to take Tim home and we're going to all go home. We're all going to go home. I'm home now, but I'm going to leave and take Brennan home. Um, so, all right, Brennan, final words. Yeah, overall, I mean, I'm glad I did it. It was a very educational experience and it was fun. It was fun. It wasn't like my idea of a good movie, but it was fun. Okay, and Tim? I'd give it a 7 out of 10. And I think I would enjoy it more watching it a second time because I'd be able to pay more attention to stuff I wasn't able to pay attention to because I had to read along with watching it. Yes. And I just want to say... (laughs) And I just want to say, I need to get Evan out of this vehicle now. um, I liked it. I liked the style. I liked what it was trying to do. I liked what it was trying to say. I liked what uh, I I did. I I even liked the design of the of the Godzilla creature. And you know what? That's just what I just what I feel. I actually felt like there. I it had a visceral reaction for me where I'm watching and just like, oh, what's gonna? Oh, and it it was less that I'm worried about the characters. And more than I'm just curious what's going to happen next. Like I'm watching a raccoon out on my porch. 
You know, is it coming? It's coming close to the door. Oh, now it's going away. Okay. You know, or the mouse that we had. (laughs) There was a bloodbath of a mouse trap issue that happened that was really nasty and it was alive and it was running around and and we had to figure out how do we get this thing and get it out you know it's that kind of visceral reaction where i was just wondering what's what's going to happen what's the creature going to do it wasn't so much what's the plot going to do but what is this creature going to do is just the discovery of this new weird variation of of a new godzilla because this is not a sequel at all to any of the other Godzillas. I mean, this is just its own thing. And sometimes that's good, and sometimes I like it when they do that, but I also like it when they follow up on, on older movies. But, yeah, that's my final word. And I guess my other final word is thank you for listening, and thank you for joining us, Brennan and Tim. Yeah. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery. Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers, or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.